0: Ah, you must be my next appointment. Please, have a seat. Now, before we get started, I want you to understand that, yes, participating in any form of therapy can be difficult. Perhaps it's a feeling of stigma or embarrassment. Perhaps it's simply admitting to yourself that you do need to seek assistance. Whatever the reason, you've come this far, and that's to be commended. So let's jump right in, and how about you tell me What's on your mind? I see. Go on. Ah, so you feel as though you've been wasting time. Is that a, a fair thing to say? That's understandable. We are, after all, coming up on the end of the year and the end of the decade. There is a certain expectation, whether justified or not, that you should be able or, frankly, even willing to look back at the past month, year, decade, what have you, and list all the great, wondrous, big accomplishments or milestones. Yes, but what if I told you that it's a construct? That we're talking about a calendar that is... After all, arbitrary. I'm Dr. Ryan Strait, assistant professor at the University of Arizona, and this is The New Professor. I'm sure that by now, if you spent any amount of time on social media, Twitter especially, I think, you've seen one of the many popular what-did-you-accomplish-in-the-last-decade posts floating around. My advice? Resist. Resist the urge to quantify your accomplishments like that. Resist the urge to box them in. Does it really matter if something happened in December or January as long as you're making progress on it regardless? Unless there's a deadline you need to meet, just put that right out of your head. Focus on the process, not the goal line. Easier said than done, you might be saying, and I will admit that's true. Seems we're conditioned to wear our successes like badges, to brag about what we've done on social media, to expect accolades for almost every tiny thing. So it seems only natural that we'd want to collect all those things we're proud of and list them out. And to be fair, you can totally do that for yourself if you like. It's a good idea to map out where you've been and where you want to go, and I'm not suggesting otherwise. What I am suggesting is that you don't do it just to compare yourself with others, that you don't jump on that bandwagon. Don't fall into the trap of keeping up with the Joneses. The only person you should be keeping score against is the former version of you. Don't worry about beating someone else's high score, just focus on beating your own. I was actually gonna do this episode on imposter phenomenon, not imposter syndrome, mostly because we just did a session on that at a conference last month. But the more I thought about the timing, the more I thought that just talking about the pressure of accomplishments or the guilt of a perceived lack of them is probably more worthwhile. I'll save the Imposter Phenomenon episode for closer to graduation time, as that seems a bit more appropriate. So instead of talking about what you've accomplished over the past however long, let's focus on planning for the future. In an attempt to actually produce an actionable roadmap for the next five years, I've put together a little table for myself with major areas that I have to work on, the classes I teach. Each semester, the outside class, but still academic work, I do with students, publications, talks, grants, committees, service, outreach, the whole lot. And I'll share a link to the career timeline document that I used as inspiration for my own. See, that timeline document helps you map things out, but it doesn't leave room for looking at what was planned versus what actually happened. I've just tweaked mine to have a planned versus actual format. Keeping a kind of journal, or at least a running collection of decisions, updates, changes, what have you, this will help you go back and figure out what actually took you from planned to actual. Identifying those things, the causes for the differences between those two things, that's where you get the most value. Speaking of which, a while back, I saw something on the internet somewhere, and who knows these days, that made the point that I think about almost constantly now. You know how in science fiction stories that involve time travel, one character always says, make sure you don't get involved. One small change back then can have huge, devastating consequences now. And this random internet person pointed out that why do we think that the time traveler's small actions can have huge impacts on the future, but we don't think that about our own actions now having huge impacts on the future. And wow. Talk about reframing how you see yourself. It's not just big, major milestones, are life-upending choices that can make planetary-sized changes. Sometimes it's something as small as deciding to actually talk to that person you fancy, or hitting submit on that job application, or deciding to read that book that you've been meaning to get to, or just saying yes instead of no when someone invites you to something. My life over the past decade has fundamentally changed because of one offhand job application and two offhand emails. It's real. Because here's the thing, we live in a straight line. That is, we can only reflect on what has happened, not what might have happened. And it's just so easy to look back and think, what if I had chosen B instead of A? But unless you're using that kind of reflection to help you guide your future actions, it is simply a waste of your time to brood or regret. I mean, yeah, sure, each choice might branch off into an alternate existence or whatever, but this is the one that you're in, so... And of course, I'm not laboring under the misapprehension that everyone is divvied up the same amount of opportunity and privilege, and of course, for many, even the chance to accomplish something is heavily dependent on the time and capacity to do so that is very often totally outside their power just another reason that you shouldn't be comparing yourself to someone else. It's a lot easier to reach home base if you're already on third. So, what did you do in this decade? Well, you listened to this, for one, and that's something to be proud of, I think. Once again, thank you for listening to this little podcasty thing of mine. This is the final episode for the calendar year, and the pod will take a little vacation until school starts back up in mid-January, at which point the regular schedule will resume for spring semester. If you found it entertaining or informative or useful, please do subscribe and rate it on the podcatcher of your choice, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or however you listen. And as usual, I would love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at New Profcast, while show notes, transcripts, and more, as usual, can be found on the website at thenewprofessor.com. Until next year.